Hi and welcome to Podcast 62. I hope you've made loads of good use of that glorious weather that we had because I don't know about you but my winter jumpers are back on this week. So last week in that glorious sunshine we headed down to one of our favourite wild swimming places in the Cotswolds. It's by an old ruin and it has a river running through it. We lit the barbecue and bobbed down the river on our huge rubber rings. It was gorgeous. This week you've got me for company. I know that many of you love the interviews and I have so enjoyed your feedback. Thank you for that. Here's one comment. I just listened to your podcast with Natalie. I loved it. I so related to her journey. She put into words so many of my feelings and struggles. So thank you when you let me know that you've loved hearing a guest. I'm also aware that some of you who have been on my parenting courses or to events or the Lit Fest or somewhere where I've been a speaker are also keen for a taste of that. So that's what I prepared for you this week. Some little thoughts for the day for you to ponder. Little places in parenting where we can alter course and try something different. Tiny little behaviour changes. Small behaviour changes change the world. They really do. They change a childhood and they change a relationship. I got a lovely note from a mum this week just saying that the relationships and communication have massively improved in their lives. And I know it was just a couple of minor tweaks. And these little thoughts for the day are going to require us to press our pause buttons to stop and invoke a very small change to our natural responses. All three points have got the word verses in them. Not verses as in poetry, but verses as in opponents, teams, players. Football, how apt for this football season. So I'm going to look at I am versus I did. Connect versus correct and quality versus quantity. So let's start with I am versus I did. When we challenge or correct our children, we can inadvertently add a note of shame that they can take into their little hearts or big hearts and carry with them. You and I will have picked some up from our own childhoods, areas where we just don't feel good enough. And we probably picked them up in incidental moments when well-meaning teachers or parents used words that embedded in us a perspective about ourselves when they were correcting or challenging our behaviour. And we can so easily, particularly in the rush of life, correct with shame if we're not careful. We can say things like, oh, don't be greedy, stop being a pain, don't whinge, you're so slow, that's mean, you're driving me nuts, you're so forgetful. Share that toy, don't be unkind, don't be mean, don't be difficult. Have you ever said things like that? I know that I have. And they're all easily said in the rush of life when sorting out little tussles and incidental moments. And I'm not just talking about little children. Quite often with the bigger ones, we can feel we have even less airtime to make our point as they're off living their more independent lives. Our corrections can be infused with fear and concern that they're not listening to our wonderful advice. So we throw in things like, oh, you always, you never, why don't you, I wish you'd. And all of these things say or imply, you are, you are dot, dot, dot. And the child will hear, I am. I am greedy. I am a pain. I'm a nuisance. I'm slow. I'm forgetful. I'm mean. I'm thoughtless. 
I'm messy, I'm selfish. It all goes into that little pot of identity that shapes their confidence. And I know that counsellors out there will be nodding their heads going, yep, that's what I deal with every day. But with a little tweak, we can address the issue that we're trying to correct in them, but not leave that negative legacy. So what could you say instead? A good thing to pop into your pause space is to think about a sentence that starts with I rather than you. Immediately, you're not accusing and they won't be defending. For example, instead of you're so slow, I'm worried we're going to be late. I know it's not half as satisfying, but in the end, you're so slow is not going to get them in the car any quicker than I'm worried we're going to be late. It's about making your point and keeping your relationship intact. Instead of don't be rude, try I'll listen when I'm spoken to politely or I'll carry on reading when I feel listened to. Instead of don't be a pain, try, I just need a minute before I can respond. Instead of don't be so unkind, try, can you think of a solution? If not, I will. Instead of you always, you never, be specific about the behavior that you're concerned about. And if you're not getting any results on that, pop back to the consequences podcast at the beginning of all my podcasts. I think it's about number three. If we address the behaviour and not the child, we're not saying you are, we're saying you did. And the child hears, I've made a poor choice rather than I'm faulty or inadequate. The issue becomes an event, not an identity. Making a mistake becomes correctable rather than shameful. If we can pause and find a way to spotlight the behaviour rather than the child, they'll be hearing I did versus I am. The next one is correct versus connect. It's our job, isn't it, as parents to direct, to call out, to refine. We're parents. We've made enough mistakes to save them from at least some of their own. We've got the goods, the right ideas. We can save them from themselves. Yet it's often more effective if we can draw alongside our children rather than being in the lead or calling out from behind. Let's say they've taken something that wasn't theirs or made an unkind comment, forgotten to do homework, pushed back, chatted back. In we swoop with our correction, our advice, our caution or our rebuke. But here's a moment when you can do something a little bit different. You can press pause and you can squeeze in a question before you give them your opinion or your advice. You could say, for example, hey, tell me what you were thinking. And that's your way of finding out if there's context there. It makes it safer for them to go wrong if they know that you've got the time for the backstory or that you'll make time for the backstory. It can lead you to asking them what they plan to do about it. And then they get a chance to resolve to own their own mistake, to make good, to return the item, to apologise, to clear their room, to be generous and thoughtful. I remember when I was about 12, I was mowing the lawn with my little cousin Lucinda in tow. I know you're probably horrified that I was mowing the lawn at 12, but just to make it worse, I was probably doing it in bare feet. <laughs> that was the 70s for you. Anyway, it was a muggy day and the grass was a little wet, so the mower kept leaving these clods of grass behind. So I would mow and my little cousin was bringing up the rear, picking up the clods and adding them to the compost pile. 
Every now and then I'd pull the back off the mower and go and empty it onto the compost pile too. And on one of these occasions I turned round having emptied it to find Lucinda with her hand in the back of the mower where there was a perfect clod of grass that she wanted to remove. I ran over and I pulled her away from the machine and all of her fingers had blood on the ends. And I rushed her to the house to find a parent. My mum ran Lucinda's hand under the tap and it was soon evident that I'd caught her in the nick of time and to this day she has all her fingers intact. But my dad came to the scene, saw the blood, turned to me and I can't remember exactly what he said but he made some assumption and came up with a statement rather than a question that shamed me in that moment. It must have looked like absolute carnage to him, so I can't blame him. And he certainly would have wondered what on earth I'd been doing. I don't know, perhaps he thought we'd been playing chicken with the rotator blades. Now, I realise that's quite an extreme example, and my dad was a lovely dad. But it's easy to do that as a parent, isn't it? To correct rather than connect. To tell them what to do rather than ask what it looks like from their perspective. If we ask them how they're feeling about the forgotten homework, what they're planning to do about the messy room, or perhaps what's been going on in their week that's made time just get away from them, or to ask them what's on their mind when we spot something amiss, then they're far less likely to be defensive. We know that to and fro, don't we? We say something, they defend, we get bigger, they get bigger, and the whole thing can evolve, can't it? But if we lean in with a question, they may even devise a good solution or a plan that perhaps far exceeds our creative attempts. Connecting versus correcting says, I'm here, rather than, what on earth have you gone and done now? And of course, we can't use the same sentence every time we ask a question. They're far too smart for that. They'll see it as a parenting drill rather than a heart response. But we can alter our intention to lean in and ask rather than just correct. We can think of a few sentences that we can be ready with, that we can put into our quivers, ready for our next exasperated moment. Tell me what you were thinking. What was your logic? You sound upset. What's been going on? Sounds like you've got a tricky situation going on. How can I help? You'll be able to think of some that will work for your style and your children. The point is that you lean in rather than hoe in. They require a pause and a quick change from old habits to new. And then your child hears, I think you've got a reason for this, rather than you've messed this up. What have you done now? This is no good. Our questions leave space to assume that the child might have some thoughts about how to resolve. They leave them room rather than jumping in and telling them what you expect of them. They mature. They use a growth mindset. They connect rather than just correct. The third little thought for the day is quantity versus quality. We often hear that phrase, quality time, and it's important. One-on-one -on -one moments with children, a little date, time to go and buy something nice, a hot chocolate at a favourite cafe, I love them all. They're sort of Instagram moments, aren't they? Even if they never make it onto Instagram, they just feel warm and fuzzy and they stand out for us in terms of our nurturing. But here's my challenge. Our children need quantity time and our lives are full and they're busy. Pausing to hear about their day, stopping what we're doing and pulling up a chair, listening to them, catching eye contact, 
hearing, repeating what they're saying, leaning in a bit more, asking another question, having a stack of board games by the table and grabbing five minutes after dinner to play Ludo or, in our case, a seriously competitive game of Racing Demons, making time between moments, putting the phone away, being present, not just being in the room, leaning into their stories, stopping what we're doing in our so busy lives and enjoying a moment with them, taking five to have a drink together when it's really inconvenient. The house will keep, the washing will always be there, but the little moments, they won't. And no big gesture will ever make up for the many little moments that we can grab in a day to be present, to be engaged. Quality will never make up for quantity. They need both. So that's just three little thoughts for the day to ponder. Ways to make micro adjustments to our parenting that will have macro impacts in their years ahead. I hope it's empowered, equipped and encouraged you today to press pause and try something new. Speaking of quantity time, now that we're coming into the summer, I'm going to move to fortnightly for the summer season as I slow down and make time for my crew as they come to the end of their uni and school years. If you want some great ideas for family life, family culture, behaviour, connection and fantastic relationships with your kids, do pick up your copy of Parenting for Life. You can find it at thecourageousmama.com or you can click the link below in the show notes. Whilst you're down in the show notes, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a comment. It really helps me and it helps other people to find me and it encourages me too. And throw me a few stars if you're feeling generous. And if you want to find me, I'm the Courageous Mama everywhere. Instagram, blog, pod and at Gmail or ping the link below. If you'd like to find out about making time with me to talk about an issue that you'd like some help with in family life, then there's a link below for that too. Have a great week and I'll see you in a fortnight.